0: Brian Grogan, you're a Jesuit and you've written a number of books and I've spoken to you on a number of occasions about those books. And your latest one is tackles a big one. You've gone for the biggie this time. The whole problem of suffering and evil. And at one level, we could say one thing, well, it's a mystery. Yes. So what have you come up with that might unravel some of the mystery?
1: It's very difficult. I at the beginning suggest an image that at least helps me and has helped me for many years, the image of a jigsaw. So you pour out a jigsaw on the table and then you have to start trying to put it together. And what you what you tend to do, at least as I would do it, is I would go for the straight pieces and gradually build up the parameters, if you like, or the outside edges. boundaries within which the chaos of the jigsaw can be sustained or held. And I think that's what the Christian understanding of evil really does. It provides us with the boundaries of evil. It doesn't offer to explain in any particular case uh, why the evil occurred. So uh, I hope that that's a contribution to a dialogue which will be ongoing in this world until the end of time. Um, So, for instance, today I'm quite upset as I come in here because of what happened in Nice last evening, Um, this terrorist attack which has left something like 83 people dead and more injured. And the suffering and pain of that will last for the rest of their lives and into other generations. So it's coping with that. And the issue then comes up, does God care? Does God do enough? What is God doing?
0: And particularly when one wants to hold to um, a vision, if, some, if somebody does hold to a vision of that God is all-powerful, mm. because the big squaring of the circle then is how do we reconcile an all-powerful God who allows evil things to happen and then that brings in the question of human freedom and so on and that can go we can go on and on and on with that but I think more importantly what you do in your book is something that we look at in Christianity where we locate or where do we see who God is and that's in the person of Jesus Christ and that's where you locate part of your beginning to understand the at least or in some way cope with that mystery of the suffering
1: I think when disaster strikes as has struck last night for instance um, in the terrorist attack people they just don't feel they've anywhere to turn and I believe that God um, saw that that would be the way things were granting the occurrence of evil in the world for which I believe God is not responsible except insofar as God actually created a world in which evil can occur because of free will, as you say, which is warped and gone astray. But the centre point in the book is to unfold something of what went on in the life of Jesus Christ, who went about doing good, and he was revealing what God is like. God, I believe, is good. But God is good in a very... Um, unique and a, a way that's mysterious and difficult to understand because we see the beauty of creation the beauty of other people's lives the beauty of love the beauty of children the universe the lot and yet these things happen so God's way of being good is not a simple sort of sugar daddy or Santa Claus way of being good I'll give you whatever you like and I'll save you from all difficulty so what you get in the New Testament then is the figure of Jesus going about doing good, combating evil in all forms, but not in a violent way, in a non-violent, but very strong way. And then it all falls apart when uh, people say we don't want the disruption of things to go on in the way that he would would have us um, change, if you like, um, and so we put him to death. And so for the disciples, that was total disaster. Good was beginning to triumph over evil, and now evil has got the last word. And this man is tortured, killed, and buried, and put away. So then it's the mystery of the resurrection. And again, one could spend days and weeks talking about the the mystery of the resurrection. But that's for the moment in the Christian scheme of things, except that the reasons for believing in the resurrection are are worthwhile. They're they're not fabrications, if you like. And against all the odds, Jesus is showing us coming back and saying, all is forgiven. We can make a new start, what St. Paul calls a new creation. And so that begins, and we are the... We become the workforce of God against evil and suffering in the world, and God is behind us in what we do.
0: I think important that comes out in your book is not, but it's not that the resurrection, then therefore at the end all will work out and it'll all be good, which we all hope will be the case Mm. as well, and that, that suffering will end. But that there is something in the, pattern of the resurrection of what happened to jesus yes who let's face it did not give us a treatise on suffering and say i've come from the father i want to tell you about the mystery of suffering i want to explain it for you rather uh, he was subjected as we all are to human suffering and that in that it's not about what happens afterwards but finding that pattern of dying dormition Mm. and rising in our own lives as well
1: Well, you're at the core of the thing there, and Christian tradition, you know, a lot of time was spent on contemplating the mystery of Calvary and trying to make some sense of it, because we're meant to be reasonable people, and there is something to be understood there. So what you see is evil occurring on a massive dimension, and at the same, uh, just around it, if you like, or emerging from it, is an extraordinary good So evil in some way or another can give birth to good or be the occasion of good, as they say more accurately, I suppose. And the good is that love endures the suffering and love triumphs over the suffering. And that is what creates the boundaries of evil in the world. And that's the beginning of the answer to the jigsaw puzzle. It's not totally, total chaos and totally random what goes on. It's contained in some way or another within a great plan or dream or project of God in which Jesus is shown as being the the heart of the of what occurs on enduring being against evil, enduring evil, suffering and dying for it, and emerging and revealing a, a level of great love which wouldn't have been ever shown had things been otherwise
0: and for people who suffer. You know, it's suffering is an evil. We know we don't say that suffering is good in itself. Mm. So if somebody loses a child or suffers from cancer and in real pain, it's hard to resolve that in your mind. I mean, it has to be in some way um, um, an experience of the reality that over and over again in life that you know if you do unite yourself with christ or if you that in some way out of real suffering born born and taken and accepted the transformation can come
1: yes Uh, i think one can see that in one's own life in bits and pieces and one can see it in other people's lives in bits and pieces and I have peppered the book with the experiences of people from a whole variety of situations, um, including, for instance, the Holocaust or the slaughter that went on in El Salvador of catechists and people who are opposing the regime, people who have lived very simple lives. And yet there's a great deal of good in them all. And I, I take my own life as an example of it, too, Um So, for instance, uh, my sister-in-law took her own life about 35 years ago. And at the beginning, I was demolished by that and the family was demolished. Over the years, I've come to terms with it and come to see that the only good that I can see coming out of it for me was a new level of sympathy or compassion or appreciation for anybody else who has endured um, loss through suicide. But that's been a growth in me, an expansion of my heart. It is a breaking open of the heart. And that's why the title of the book is ambiguous. God, you're breaking my heart isn't to be taken literally. It isn't God that who breaks our hearts, but God works on the suffering and the evil that occur in our lives. And that breaks our hearts open so that we become more and more as we get older, people of unrestricted loving, that I accept what goes on insofar as I cannot change it or improve it and I choose to believe that the bits and pieces of good that I see happening in my own life um, also occur in other people's lives so I'm encouraging them to to notice and become aware and trust that that's the, the underlying pattern that God does allow evil in the world but is always working to bring good out of it. So, so God, in a way, does permit our hearts to be broken? God permits our hearts to be broken. And all you can say is when you're looking at other people's hearts, they need to be broken. So uh, you take it the heart of a terrorist. You know, one I say something in the book about what persuades people to become terrorists. And often it's a desire to to do good, to take revenge or to bring people to a shocking realisation that the way they're going about things is killing other people. And so the suicide bomber says the only way to do it is to drive a truck along the boulevard in Nice and kill people. It's very primitive, but the first thing is primitive too, the way in which the West has exploited the East and exploited the South for its own greedy purposes often and not respected the people there and so often people are simply trying to gain the respect of others uh, in in the evil that they do and they believe that good comes out of it in that way Um, it's meant to be a wake up call to us when evil occurs on that level to say what are we doing that is persuading these other people to blow not only other people but themselves up and, and, and what are they fighting against? What are they trying to um, bring to our attention? And that we then need to engage in a process of serious dialogue with people in order to find out what is it that they wish us to change.
0: So you talk about, I suppose, there is in the book, there, there's suffering which nobody's heart should be broken, actually. Yes. And and that's, if God permits it, but it shouldn't happen. No. Um, then there's evil uh, in terms of the evil that people do willfully and carry out in so far as we can say they're doing it willfully mm. that they go and do the things that they do and you see that as a wake up call as well for, mm. for us but there's also an evil that I see in the world which has nothing to do with any human being which mm. is the way the world is structured mm. I mean when I watch um, nature programs like the Hunt or yes. Prey, and you see that the way that while a wild um, pack of dogs and the mother is looking after them terribly well in Africa, but they're starving, and their way of getting food is to chase the wildebeests, and then one wildebeest yes. is hived off yes. from the yes. rest of the herd yes. and eaten alive. Yes. I mean, yeah. who could, like that I think presents a huge problem for um, the creator of a beautiful creation and how our understanding of that creator.
1: Yes, and the the last thing that I claim to do in the book is to answer that real problem that that people have. I would be asking, well, I'd have constructed a little book called... um, complaints against God by one of his creatures that exists already but um, I have a little notebook with um, things to ask God when I meet God face to face and I can't understand and I wouldn't pretend to understand the, the, um, the notion that all of this natural evil or nature being read in tooth and claw as it's said um, how, how God can manage to be at home with that and so on um, and that's why I think that God is good but not in the way that I would like God to be good so I wouldn't have any carnivores I wouldn't have eagles swooping down on little robins etc cetera, etc cetera, um, and all the things you described so That's me at my level. And uh, I would also have uh, things to ask God would include, why couldn't you do a bit of what Fiddler on the Roof suggests? You know, would it spoil some vast eternal plan if I were a wealthy man? (laughs) Most people would be happy with, say, 10% more than they have. Um, But um, I, I also think that in regard to Fiddler on the Roof, which I like a lot, that he says, you know, God, you've made me what I am. It isn't so much that God has made um, Reb Tevye, whatever his name is, um, what he is, but that's the way the situation has emerged in the way that human beings take control of the world and a vast number of people are uh, made poor by the activity of the rich. And so it isn't God who does that. What God wants for everyone is that they should reach the fullness of their potential. So I'm moving away, I know, from the issue of of natural evil. I I don't explain and don't try to explain that. And even in regard to a great deal of things like cancer, was it inevitable and must it be the case that cancer should exist in the world and cause such extraordinary grief to people? I don't know. All I'm saying is that cancer occurs. Um, My own father died of cancer and I've learned something about cancer in an inner way, which makes me very sympathetic to people who have cancer. So the breaking open of the human heart does go on, and evil or, and suffering play a large part in it. I like the remark of Saul Bellow, the American writer, who says, "...suffering can break open the human heart, and there's a rumor that love can do so also." More power to love if it can do it and does it, and we can see that happening. But the other thing is not totally wasted. I I think that God doesn't waste anything, that everything in some way fits in to a vast eternal plan.
0: Which is the big insight of St. Paul as well, that nothing is wasted and that all things work to good and that whatever that mystery is. And I suppose we have to bow before it because it is a mystery. Mm. It raises liminal questions like the existence of evil in, you know, the mythologies in the past tried to say, well, and it does push you to this. Is there a metaphysical evil principle Mm. that is somehow in some kind of conflict with the good and that we cooperate with the good? But there is a principle or is all evil just the sum and total of human evil yes but once you get into that i think one that 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 argument fails about it just being the sum and total of human evil when you look at cosmic the cosmos and you look at how it it, um, it i mean the whole co- in a way when i was thinking reading your book the whole structure even of the world and the cosmos is sustained by this process of energy life death and out of that death, hmm. more coming. Like the sun is dying, but hmm. without, we are living and everything is living and thriving and dying and hmm. thriving in it because of the sun. Hmm. It seems to be part of the core process. And that's what Paul preached as hmm. well Christ crucified.
1: Yes. And uh, far be it from me to get tangled up with the notion of there being a principle of evil or the existence of Satan, I've enough to cope with. <laughs> in trying to deal with the evil that I find around me or in myself and in other people. And I see enough being caused by human beings to make me say, I'll pass in regard to uh, to Satan, for instance. Um, that's another day's work. I like the title of Harvey Cox's book On Not Leaving It All to the Snake. In other words, we can tend to blame the snake for... I don't know what made me do that, or the the devil made me do it, etc. When really it's their own their own fault. But the the process of evolution is so extraordinary um, that we don't understand it. And there's a great deal of violence in it in the creation of the universe. And that's what God God that's God's kind of being, if you like. That being good it goes beyond our simple, um, rather perhaps childlike notions of being good and we have to try and cope on a very low level with the evil that's around us and leave the rest of it to God I mean I was just reading a book by um, Rovelli called Seven Brief Lessons in Physics and he says well prepare yourself for the reality that the universe as we know it or our part of it will either fry or freeze Mm. and so that's the way it's going to be so We would love to think of this world as such going on forever, but there's no, that's not going to happen. Um, What we do know, if you like, from Revelation is that God, the totally free one, decides to create this kind of world and it would be able to recreate another kind of world if necessary.
0: But there are implications in terms of looking at that evolutionary process and about our own consciousness, because and the evil that exists because we too as human beings inflict evil on the um, well, animal yes, world by sure. eating them. Yes, so the that one, so yeah. you can see that um, in some ways somebody who chooses an option of mm. not eating meat because they don't want a, a lamb, like a baby sure. lamb that's running around the field. Yeah. And I often think of, you know, if the angels were to come and say, mm, I know they're not sentient beings but let's say they did take. So as angels have they the right to say gosh you know what human beings those little children are greater the juiciest of the lot Mm. you know Uh. just because they're greater than us because that's the kind of argument we use in our justification of why we can eat animals. So there are implications that maybe we are being called to cooperate in making a better world with that vision.
1: We are and uh, we could go all over the place with that issue of how should the world be constructed and could God have made a better universe? And the philosophers argue about that and they've by and large come down to the notion that, or some of them anyway, that we don't know whether God could have created a better universe because we only have one universe to, to look at and nothing else to compare it with. A different order of being would be the order of angels if one wanted to get into that world. And you can see that... All I'm doing is trying to offer parameters and initiate a debate such as we've had and invite people to look at their own lives, see where do they stand in regard to the solution. Do they accept it and become part of it? Or are we still sort of stuck in an Old Testament mentality which believes that the only way to sort people out is to nuke them or something like that? So I'm at stage one.
0: And also reminding people about a very important stage, which is ultimately that mystery as it is, we come back to a God who revealed God's self most, most wonderfully in the person of Jesus. And that's yes. the answer that we can only sure. work with to the best of our ability.
1: And I believe as well, just a final thing, that, um, that God suffers. We suffer and God suffers. God suffers. And God suffers in Jesus the Father loves Jesus, therefore the Father suffers. And in the New Testament, you get all kinds of hints that the Holy Spirit suffers as well. So the word, Can you Explain that. Well, the Holy Spirit suffers. When we act in a wrong way, we grieve the Holy Spirit, according to St. Paul. You know, we, we we have an effect on God. We might think that God's up there and us down here. But God's totally involved in this world and... St. Paul talks about the, the body of Christ and Christ being the head. Um, and so whenever any part of the body suffers, the, Jesus suffers. Pascal is right in saying that Jesus suffers to the end of time. And so God is in on this and in a way that we, we is quite remarkable and consoling as well.
0: So that's we're key, we're not it? our
1: own. It's, yeah. a, it's another key, yeah, yeah. that God grieves with us. So Jesus is on Calvary and the human procession is going by and they can look and see, gosh, you're in this as well as us and we can learn something from you um, as to how to cope with the evil that we find.
0: Your book is called God, You're Breaking My Heart. Great title and it's published by... Uh,
1: It's published by The Messenger in 2016. The subtitle is What is God's response to suffering and evil? And it's a beginning effort to say something about that. I've spent a lot of my student life, if you will, um, being uh, helped by my teachers in regards to how you might face that problem without in any way attempting to... Just resolve it and say, read this book, and you'll never have another problem. <laughs> Your problems are only beginning because you get involved in the struggle for justice and there you are, evil will overwhelm you. And yet you can believe that if you, if you can believe in the resurrection, that it occurs on the local level and it will occur on the macro level as well.
0: It's a great book and gritty and based on hope at the end. Thank yeah. you very much indeed.
1: Thanks very much, Pat.